Welcome to Nirvana Sisters Podcast, where we take the intimidation out of well-being and beauty to help you achieve your highest state, your nirvana. We are sisters-in-law and your hosts. I'm Amy Sherman. And I'm Katie Chandler. So let's get into some real conversation. I want to know, because you tell, I think you know the hidden cause to bloat. I have a feeling you do. So tell us, what is it? What are some, you know, what's causing some of this bloat for all of us? So some things are simple. Some things are just eating too fast. So you got to slow down. You'd be surprised how many times I have to tell people this. Um, Two is also something simple. Uh, Someone is eating and they're constantly in a fight or flight. So they're eating on the go. They're eating in the car. There's two phases of your nervous system. There's sympathetic and parasympathetic. So there's your rest and digest and there's your fight or flight. If you're in your fight or flight, you can't digest. A lot of people are in their fight or flight when they're trying to eat. So then they leave their meal and they're insanely bloated. Like, of course, like you're not, your digestive system's not working. So those are the simple things. The more intense things are usually the microbes. So having a parasite, which is also more common than you think, bacterial imbalance, yeast overgrowth, those things can be happening and causing bloat. Um, the other thing is problems digesting food. Again, pretty common, having trouble digesting fats, having double trouble digesting carbs and proteins. So that's why stool testing is helpful because we're looking at these enzymes. We're looking at fecal fat. So how much fat is in your stool? We're able to see like how you're digesting. So sometimes supplemental support is needed, but ideally we don't want to rely on supplements forever. We want to make sure that we're optimizing just our gastric juices and enzymes naturally. Um, And then food sensitivities, I'll say my last one, but I say this with like a huge asterisk because I know it's super common and everyone's testing which is the conversation in and of itself of all the testing that I don't agree with. That is 99% of the testing on the market. Um, But if you are being triggered by a lot of foods, yes, you can take out the foods temporarily, um, but most of the time there's a root cause of why your body's reacting to the food. Usually it's something gut, so not being able to digest your food or bacteria, parasites, yeast. That is typically what's happening. So the solution isn't to avoid the food long-term. It's to actually do a stool test and understand what's going on in your gut. Yeah, that makes sense. That's so true, Katie, because we did an episode like in the beginning and we both did a food sensitivity test by Everly Well. Love your Mm. opinion. And it was so interesting because I was like highly, not highly, but sensitive to like all these foods that I didn't even know. And I don't even know if it's true. And Katie had like a very limited amount. And I'm like, this is so weird because she's the the one more sensitive to things than I am. So I was like, this is bizarre, but I don't know what your thoughts are on the, I know you, you probably, that's probably a whole nother podcast, all these at home tests, but. So real quick, um, Everly Well and 99% of the market tests for IgG as a response to food sensitivities. Therefore, they assume that when IgG is elevated, inflammation occurs. That's what a food sensitivity is. It creates inflammation. Now, the thing is, is IgG is like the mailman. It doesn't always deliver inflammation as the next step. It can just sometimes be elevated because it's recognizing that you ate it. You eat it a lot. Now, food sensitivities can kind of happen if you overeat or eat something pretty consistently all the time. But that doesn't mean inflammation is the next step. There's also food sensitivities that are not immunoglobulin related. So it's totally missing those sensitivities. So I'm not a fan of IgG testing because it just doesn't show the complete picture. Yeah. Um, It's kind of like my thyroid, like with TSH and the full thyroid panel. Like it's just not enough information to actually take action on it. But again, you don't want to just be avoiding foods long term because some people that could be most foods. That's not 
sustainable right. by any means. Is it true? Right. And would you then say the same thing? Sorry, Katie. The for the hormone tests, like the like they have another one, like that's like a women's health test. Is that the same thing? Or are they not? No. They're okay, but I know you brought up Dutch. Dutch is the queen, hands down, like the best. I do mine. I'm actually doing mine this month. I do mine every year Uh um, because you get way more information. And then with the the women's health, I think, has estrogen and progesterone. And it just depends on your cycle because there are certain parts of your cycle that certain hormones are high. So I just feel like it's it's okay. It's not the worst, but like if you want to deep dive into hormones, do the Dutch. Yeah. Yeah. I want to do yeah, one. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, back to the bloating really quickly. Is it true that I've read this and tell us, is it true that you make your digestive enzymes in your mouth? And so that's why they say chew your food more and don't drink water while eating because those digestive enzymes you like wash them out if you drink too much water and if you don't yeah. chew quickly enough or if you chew not enough, you don't produce them. Is that true? So digestive enzymes are made like all throughout. So like pancreas makes some, um, obviously you have your stomach acid, but there are digestive enzymes made in your saliva. Um, and mostly it's not really to break down too much fats or carbs. It's more so amylase, which breaks down carbs. Um, or I said proteins and fats. So it mostly breaks down carbs in your mouth. So that's why you do want to chew slow because it's like pre-digesting carbs. Um, and I, yeah, I'm not a fan of drinking water. I've never heard of that digestive enzyme, which makes sense. Um, but it more so can, you know, your stomach acid's trying to ramp up. Right. Like it's, it's saying like, oh, food's coming in. Like, let's try to, you know, optimize that. And water can obviously make you feel full when you need to be focusing on, you know, eating because the under eating is an issue with so many women. So I'm a fan of like, don't try have to have any interference that can affect appetite. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Why do you feel that way? Not, 90% of women that come to us say, I'm eating, I'm following my hunger cues. I'm eating good. I'm not starving. And then I look and I'm like, well, we're not huge on numbers, but we do like to take a little peeksie and have you track for maybe a couple days. And hands down, women are eating like toddlers. They're eating 1,200 calories. And I'm like, your body's just yeah. used to that. So your hunger cues are wrong. And so i that's my issue with intuitive eating. I do believe you can get there. But I don't think a lot of women are there to start. And maybe it's subconscious of diet culture. Maybe they've been dieting for decades. And they actually don't know how much they should be eating. And so just from experience most women are under eating 1500 calories and that's not okay. Like how do we expect to thrive as a woman, create babies and we're barely giving our body fuel? Like our car wouldn't work if we didn't give it gas. So it's just crazy because some women just like, like, no, that's not me. I eat, I'm not hungry, but their bodies are like, no, you girl, you need like thousand more. Like that's how much more you need to be eating. And they're like, what? Like, that's so weird because I'm, following my hunger cues. So it is. And it's interesting that the intuitive eating and the hunger cues, because like, if anything is out of whack, the hormonal imbalances, it, 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 your body thinks you're hungry when maybe you aren't or vice versa. And like, there's even Mm -hmm. hunger, hunger hormones, leptin and ghrelin and all of those things that tell you when to eat. And those can be totally out of whack as well. Right. 
Yes. Yes. So that's why I do believe you can get to intuitive eating, but you have to actually assess and look, am I eating enough? So you may need to grow into that. So a lot of the times that's a slow process. It's just adding more slowly over time. Once you get there, once it feels good, then most of the time your appetite's up, it'll trigger, it will trigger you and say, oh, you are hungry. Um, so that's just my little snippet there. I do believe it's you can attain that, but it is not typically where I like to start because women just are very off. Um, yeah, and this is like resonating with me too. so much because I think <laughs> I probably undereat, even though I probably think I overeat because I've actually yes. been tracking. Um, so do you know that Lumen device mm-hmm. where you breathe into it? So mm-hmm. I've been tracking, I've been using it for a while just to kind of see different things. And like, you know, you blow it into it every morning and it's you know, I don't know how accurate it is, but it's, it is very interesting. Like mm-hmm. when I'm burning carbs and fat and I've just been doing it every morning and seeing how it changes throughout my week based on what I'm eating. However, with that, it tells you like how many, um, you know, fats, carbs and protein to eat. So I've been following that. Um, and I've just been really, really mindful of eating more protein because I don't think I'm eating enough. Yeah. Um, so I've been eating more protein and I've been following the macros pretty much. And to your point, it's probably not, I'm not necessarily trying to diet, but when I follow that, it's probably around 1200 to 1300 calories a day just by what I'm eating. And again, to your point, I'm fine. Like I don't, it's, I haven't been hungry or anything and I'm not necessarily trying to diet. I'm just trying to see like how my body's working, but I don't know. It's strange because there's probably all these apps to your point including this one that's maybe not giving you the right information about how much you should be eating. I mean, my whole focus is being on just like trying to eat more protein, but it's interesting that you say that. So we'll have to talk more about that. That's a goal for sure. I, most women don't eat enough protein at all. Um, so it definitely needs to be something that's worked on. Lumen actually does have a lot of science behind it. It is typically the gold standard of like measuring metabolism in that way. And I was actually going to incorporate that and give mm. people that in our practice, oh, but good. I decided against it because I feel like it can get a little obsessive. And ultimately, again, I don't I don't think people need to be obsessing over that to show how they eat in the long term. Um, but yet, like I said, like you said, it might not give you the right information based on your whole person. So like right. when we do our first session, we're going back to elementary school. You're telling me physical abuse, sexual abuse, um, antibiotic usage. Uh, you were always sick. Like, I mean, we're looking back at the mm. full person. And I feel like those type of apps or technologies – it can be great, but just take it with a grain of salt. Like, don't let that be your, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um, I've, 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 tried, I've tried it, it myself, I have too. too. Yeah, I've been cool. using it directionally. And I, what I've noticed is I've just been doing it in the mornings. And it's so interesting because sometimes, like, if I have a night where, like, I just eat whatever and I binge and I have wine and whatever and I'll <laughs> blow in it, I blow, like, a one. I'm like, how is that possible? And then on a day where I'm eating, like really good and protein and clean, I'll blow and it's like a three. And then most of the time it's like a two or three, just depending on mostly a three. Yeah. And like literally every, I was telling Katie this every single day since I've had it and I've blown it, it's pretty much like a two or three, mostly a three. And it's like, today's a low carb day. I'm like, great. Another one. Yeah. <laughs> like every single time I'm like, all right, see you That's later. That's how I used it too. It's <laughs> yeah. The same thing. It's very, it's a complicated. Every day is a low yeah. carb day. I'm it's like, a complicated yeah. place. I, I don't know. I I know, but it is interesting. It is just like puts you a little bit more in tune. But I think 
to your point, Lahana, like if I knew more about what else was going on, then that would be a helpful tool. But now it's just kind of like I'm using it just to kind of like experiment. But I think in tandem with like a real team of doctors, then it would be better for me. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. It's also interesting. I'm really curious you know, out of everything that you've told us, what what are then some of the big takeaways? Like, what are the keys to improving your metabolism and feeling good in your body and kind of balancing the, your your hormones out? I mean, if you could just give our listeners a few pieces. Yeah, um, definitely eating enough. We'll we'll go through on that if that's like my biggest thing. Please eat enough. That is hands down the most important thing you can be doing. Um, building muscle, strength training is the anti aging key. That's mm. the secret is building muscle. We lose it naturally as we age. So there's we can't go against that. It's just our natural aging process. So the more we build it, will boost our metabolism and it will make us look good and age good. Yeah. So that's a huge fan. Um, optimizing protein amounts for sure. Most women, it's very different but most women should be over 100 grams at least. Um, And then from there, it's just different based on activity and goals. Um, Gentle walking. I think a lot of people like underestimate walking for metabolism, but it's amazing and it's gentle and we definitely should be active. Um, And then optimizing your thyroid. So that could be making sure you're repleting any nutrient deficiencies you have, reducing stress because stress blocks, going back to the stressor, um, it blocks thyroid um, conversion and thyroid production, um, addressing any gut issues that can be triggering for autoimmune thyroid because your thyroid is the little gem to host your metabolism. So um, supporting that is really important. Okay, that's great. Yeah, and and to your point earlier, you can have a healthy thyroid that is in range but not optimal. And I I know just from experience with hypothyroidism, when I like, I have my own optimal that is even like smaller than what maybe a functional medicine provider's optimal would suggest. But I just know my body, so it's something to keep in mind because I know Amy, you've dealt with that with like higher. TSH mm-hmm. levels and your doctor said it was fine, but maybe for you, it's not optimal. And some, and like something like, um, like zinc or selenium supplementation, Lahana, is that where you point your patients to that are trying to optimize their thyroid with supplementation? We like to um, test, we have a test that does all vitamins, amino acids, and minerals. So I just like to test to see what you're even deficient in. Um, And even things that might be borderline, I'm a huge fan of like food first. And so just focusing in on those Mm -hmm. foods a little bit more. So that's typically our like next step, because I hate blindly messing with like supplements, Um, even though some supplements are kind of harmless. I just... I don't know. I just also don't like wasting money and like taking it can be dangerous too. Yeah. Just like, yeah. Yes, for sure. So yeah, I like repleting nutrients because you could even have perfect TSH, perfect thyroid hormone, but turning it into active thyroid hormone T3 could be suboptimal and every woman's different. So ideally we like that to be above a three, but women who are like 2.8 can feel like crap. And to them, that's really low. And so optimizing that and they feel great once they get above 3.2. So every woman is different. So even with optimal ranges, there's still that bio-individuality that plays a role. I have a last question about um, the hormone stuff for our listeners. So um, if someone is on birth control or an IUD, can you properly test for hormones or are your hormones kind of like screwy because of that? Yeah. No, it is impossible and I don't say that a lot, to balance hormones when you're on a hormonal birth control, period. It's always going to shut down your natural hormone production. It's exogenous form, so it just kind of takes on that. Um, so 
even your bleed that you have if you're on birth control to regulate things, it's not getting regulated. It's just truly a Band-Aid. So the moment you get off birth control, all your issues are going to come back. So no, waste of money. Please do not test like like Dutch and stuff. I always, when people want to do that, I'm like, nope, you're on birth control. It is a waste of money. Don't do oh, it. <laughs> okay. No, that's a really good note. And even an IUD? Um, yeah, if it's hormonal. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Not the good, copper. Good um, the copper is not hormonal, so you could test hormones, right. but obviously that in and of itself can cause issues and heavier bleeding and copper toxicity. So how do you then work with people? I mean, just because there's, I'm sure, a lot of people out there that are on an IUD or birth control. Yeah. Or like, how do you work with people that are on that or do you tell them to go off of it? <laughs> no, I feel like technically most people that come to us are people trying to get off of it or yeah. are off of it, thankfully. Yeah. But if they are on it and they really want to stay on it, we just have to change expectations and say, we're not balancing hormones. It's impossible. But what we can do is support your body in different ways. We can be on top of nutrients, testing your nutrients regularly because birth control depletes you of nutrients. Um, We can support gut health because there is connections with um, birth control affecting intestinal permeability, which is leaky gut. Um, So working on gut health and then optimizing liver um, because there is a higher risk of liver disease and stuff for people taking birth control. So it's liver, gut, nutrient repletion. That's where we'll focus. We cannot focus on hormones though, (laughs) unfortunately. That's That's great to know. Okay. All right. Well, Lahana, where can our listeners find you? You are at New Vitru Wellness in Austin. Yes. Yes. Um, that's our website, newbeachwellness.com. We openly share how we work, our pricing. So if you're interested in becoming a patient, um, we're virtual. Feel free to check us out there. And then Instagram's our favorite. So Instagram stories is where you see more behind the scenes, but Instagram's our favorite platform. But I believe that we're everywhere. Facebook, TikTok. Okay. I don't And you do TikTok. do virtual. So for our listeners who are all over, yes. they can contact you. Okay. That's great. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. T- testing's really easy. We can just ship you a kit. The only um, state that's a little bit funky is New York. Um, They have very, very strict labs, so we can't run labs in New York and stuff. So just FYI. Interesting. Okay. (laughs) Great. Good to know. So before we close out, let's get into our quick wrap session. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. What is your favorite wellness or beauty hack? Right now, um, red light therapy. I love it. Yeah. Or ice rolling. Mm. Yeah. Love a good ice roll. Good ones. Good ones. We love those both. Yep. This next one is your five (laughs) minute flow. You just got out of the shower and dried off and Uber pings you. They're five minutes away. What are you going to do to get yourself together and out the door? Um, Eyelashes and just a vitamin C serum. Oh, nice. Which one do you, what's your fave (laughs) vitamin C serum? Um, I think I've used lately the cocoa kind. Um, I think I just grabbed that one from Target, which is great when I can find a good brand at Target. Love yeah. it. Um, so I think that one's the one that I've used mostly. Nice. All right. And I hope sunblock because you're in Austin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And how do you maintain your daily nirvana? Being in the word is really important to me, especially in the beginning of the day. It sets my whole day. It sets my whole week. So um, connecting spirituality is probably my most important thing that I can do. That's nice. That's beautiful. Uh, So before we go, let's close with our mantra of the week. Amy, do you have one for us? I do have one. So this is one I saved from a brand called We The Urban that I follow. And I liked this quote It was or this affirmation, I guess we could call it. And it's the whole point of life is to change, to evolve, to grow. Don't resist it. Embrace it. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love that. Yep. Hopefully this episode helps our listeners do just that, which I think it will. All right, Lahana, thank you so much for being with us today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. 
Thanks for listening to Nirvana Sisters. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes. Please subscribe and leave us a review. Also, find us on Instagram at Nirvana Sisters. If you loved what you just listened to or know someone that would, please share it and tag us. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of Nirvana Sisters. We'll continue to watch out for all things wellness so you don't have to. Bye. Bye.